Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it! You've got! Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? Welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And as usual, we're brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, <laughs> and more. And this week, we broke away from the MST3K wave that we were briefly on, and yep. we moved back into modern comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and we use that term loosely. Yes. Uh, yes. We watched a movie called Car 54, Where Are You? As some of you may know, is based on a classic 60s television show. Mm-hmm. Which, guys, was, is that a better show than this movie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Really, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Watched a couple episodes of that before uh, before starting this movie, and holy yeah. shit, did they miss the mark. Boy, did they. Opening-wise, have either of you seen this movie? Nope. I had never seen this movie, no. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. Now, it came out in an era when this kind of movie was pretty common. Like, we'd see, like, a lot of, like, you know, That Darn Cat was coming out around the time. We saw uh, the Flintstones movie coming out, Adam's the, yeah, Family. Yeah, th- this was, uh, all, uh, like, right in that crescendo of movies based on TV shows. Boy, we've come a long way since then. The hey, guys, nights. Baywatch just opened in theaters. Go see it. Well, I know, uh, but still. Kind of excited about that, actually. Uh, <laughs> okay, so have you seen the TV show before this? No. Yes, this? I had seen episodes of the original show. Okay. I had okay. none. Uh, just, and, and simply because, I, you know, growing up here in Georgia, uh, in rural Georgia, that we had to rely on a TV antenna. 
to pick up our stations. And the best we could do was like Channel 2. And we, we had like one ABC station, one NBC station, one CBS station. We couldn't even pick up Fox when it first came out. Wow. And TBS. Because that's how we right. watched the Braves games. Characters yes. welcome. And so TBS is one just like it was for a long time was dedicated to showing reruns of old TV shows. And one of those shows was The Monsters. Oh, yes. And I used to love watching The Monsters as a kid. So as I got older and found out, there was another TV show that not only Herman Munster was in, but that Grandpa was in. They were both in that show. I was like, I have to see this. Yeah. And so I was able to find like an old VHS of some old episodes. Oh, wow. Of Car 54, and that's how I saw it. But Zip, said <laughs> the Jack, this movie had two of the actors from the original show in it. Did it disappoint, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Aww. but not. It's not those actors' fault. That's no, correct. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, Nipsey it's, Russell and Al Lewis. What they everybody were given to do is right. what disappointed. Yes, oh, yeah. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. And what they weren't given to do, and what they right. weren't given to do, which was you know, yeah, something good. As if do you have the IMDb description on this movie? Brash NYC policeman officer Gunther Tootie is partnered with stiff, by-the-book officer Francis Muldoon to protect an important mafia witness prior to testifying against organized crime in Brooklyn, all the while dealing with their personal lives, overbearing spouses, common criminals, arms dealers, and their officious boss, Captain Anderson. Spot on. Pretty much. Did you guys know that this movie was made in the 90s? Yes. 94. Yeah. It was released in 94, but it was made in 91 by one of my favorite distribution, my fame, Orion. Orion Pictures. I love Orion. But if you didn't know the year, like, how would you have guessed? Would you, I mean, could you have guessed that this was made in the 90s, do you think? Oh, without question. Yeah? How? (laughs) What do you mean? Well, okay. What? what, what? (laughs) I wish we videotaped these. The music? The music. So, and here's. Yeah. I mean, because you couldn't tell, because the clothes looked a little 80s, and the cars were very um, confusing. (laughs) The cars were from, like, 1978. Yeah, the cars were very confusing. But the music, and I'll tell you something, this is something this movie got right, because I loved the music in this movie. I loved the music. And one of the things that came up about this movie that we might talk about later is it was filmed as a musical. It was intended... To be a musical. We open on the movie's title being said. You know. Which was the original theme song for the original TV show. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And we open on our officer Tootie. He's dreaming in his car. Mm-hmm. And he's whistling the theme of the original show. We're greeted with poorly animated animals yeah. so i'm saying okay welcome uh, nice to meet you 1994 yeah, so he's he's yes. dreaming of walking down the sidewalk everybody in the neighborhood knows officer tootie they love him they're singing his praises oh yes they're they're singing a um adina i'm sorry um <laughs> it's an original song it's this, an original song this was the worst song i've ever heard <laughs> no, that was that was not. actually performed no it is not the worst song no, you've ever heard it's, it's good news for you christmas <laughs> shoes you're off the list um <laughs> This was the single worst song I have ever heard. You like 
my humps better than this goddamn song? I understood Thank you. the words. <laughs> no, no, I, I understood <laughs> the words to my humps better yes. than this song. And it wasn't sung Dude. by the time. Oh my god. And this is the guy. That, so our star, okay. everybody, is yes. David Johansson. David Johansson, better he, known as Buster Poindexter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is the and this was his I bet who, it was who, supposed to be a vehicle for him, right? Yes. A huge vehicle. Uh, and and Buster Poindexter, best known for singing the song Hot, Hot, Hot. hot, hot. hot. Feeling yep. hot, 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 hot. Yep. Yeah, that okay. song. Which I would have been okay with that if he'd actually used his fucking voice in this movie. Right. He he has... But they did use the music from that song. That's exactly right. With different right. lyrics. Yes, they did. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he uses some trumped up version of his voice. So, I don't understand this so it's at the all. Deep, um, you, you would also remember, if you've seen the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray, yep. he played the ghost of Christmas past. That's The yes. cab correct. driver. Yes. And he uses that same, same voice. voice. Which is... That's his speaking voice. That's what he's known for. Right. Mm, hold on. I, I looked up interviews with this guy after this movie was done because I was like, I have to know if this guy sounds like this or not. And I found interviews. No, I mean, this is an exaggerated straight. version yes. of his voice. Yes. But that's my but question. That's the kind of voice he was known for. I've seen a couple episodes of the original show. And right. I kind of saw, I kind of felt like he was trying to channel the original character. Yeah, the was, guy with the real Brooklyn accent. Yeah, but look, he sounds like he was like trying to do like the gravelly like thing. But he sounded like a combination of Harvey Feinstein and yeah. and Doctor Girlfriend from yeah. the Venture Brothers. Yeah. Fair enough. It, it was it, yes. so. It, it was so grating. I just no, it was, it was grating. terrible. And yeah, when he's singing was. with it, it I'm was like, terrible. Oh yeah, there's no question. It was terrible. But as he's walking down the street and he's seeing all his neighbors, there's this woman who comes up to him. She can fucking sing. Oh, she wailed. Okay. So there, and throughout the movie, we see all sorts of musicians, and there's some good music there that goes on. There are so many cameos from musicians in this movie. Oh, my God. So Seriously. many cameos. He's woken from his dream after this long song. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With. Car 54, where the fuck are you? Yeah. Which... Nipsey Russell. Right, yes. Yes. But right off the bat, that's my clue. Is Wait, no, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. This is based on an old sitcom that was very much family friendly. Yeah. And right off the bat, you're dropping the F-bomb? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that was my first clue that something's wrong Something here. Something was amiss. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually stopped, looked it up, and this movie's rated PG-13. Yeah. So oh my God, within there's the some, there's some stuff coming up later. No, I know, yeah. I know. That's so right off the bat. I'm like, wait, you're dropping the f bomb, and I looked it up. PG-13. You get one f bomb, and they use it in the first two minutes. This is like 1980s PG-13. Right. He wakes up, and there are riots going on, and we see the original actor who played, uh, uh, well, whose grandpa in the monsters who played right, Al Lewis. Al Lewis. Yeah, his partner in this movie, Tony's partner, Correct. who's uh, about to retire. Yeah, he's about to playing retire. the same character. Yeah. But there are riots going on in this place, and it's just it's it's played off like a joke. Yep. Mm -hmm. And in the '90s, this wasn't exactly the coolest time to be playing that off for laughs. No, no, no. 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 I mean, this this is the same exact time when this was filmed, not when it was released. When this was filmed, this is the exact same time the L.A. riots were going on. Yep. And I'm like, this is a really bad way to start up. Now we find out if you knew the original show. Or you find out later this is actually set in New York. But still, that is not mentioned until they get back to the precinct later on. Right. Yeah. So we, for the time being, we have no idea this is New York. As far as we know, we're in the middle of the L.A. race riots. That's correct. This is not a good thing. No, nope. it's not. And it, regardless of where it is, for that to be taking place at the same time this is going on is really... It's a touch insensitive. It's a, there you go. And we, we cut to the opening credits where we actually get all of our cast listing and everything and while, you know, 
hijinks ensue to a again. I'm sorry, Dina. Lousy '90s remix of the opening of the theme no! song. No, I didn't like it. Don't care. Uh, the, we're introduced to the chief, uh, played by Nipsey Russell. Yes, from the original show. Yep. And uh, so, so it establishes that Schnauzer and uh, what was the chief's name in this movie? Well, mm-hmm. Nipsey Russell's character. Anderson. Yes. Yeah. They are both reprising their roles from the original show, right. but the characters that were the leads in the original show are played by the generation after them. Or That's the, correct. Or, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know what? We had to put them in the movie because they were still alive. All right. We're introduced to Muldoon, played by Dr. Cox. He's a new recruit. You <laughs> um, <laughs> only know that if you've watched Scrubs. Otherwise, he's on Stan Against Evil now. Yes. He's the John lead C. in McGinley. Stan Against Evil. Yeah, he's John fantastic. He's in everything. Yeah, yes. he really he's is. He's in everything because yes. he's awesome. Because we love him. But to me, he's Dr. Cox and shall yeah. always be. Fair enough. <laughs> I actually, I'm a huge uh, fan of John C. And I'm glad yes. he was I, in this. I like him as one of the bobs in uh, Office Space. Yes, yes, yes. So he's the new recruit. He's also apparently in charge of everybody because he suddenly comes in, just, like as they say, straight from uh, academy. the academy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he just starts changing every policy there. He starts installing new technology. He just changes the complete setup of the station. there's a new program in place Mad called Cop. Mad Cop. C-O-P-P. Mm-hmm. And I did not write it down... It stands for something, but who cares? who cares? The point is, it's some new program with all this high-tech, sophisticated... Yeah. Mumbo jumbo that yes. they're going to use to start cracking down on crime. Eerily reminiscent of Robocop. Indeed. But let's yeah. focus on this though. He is just an officer. So he has no he has no ranking whatsoever. He, oh, he's, he's not just a mere officer. He's he's a rookie. Right. Yeah. This is his first assignment out of the academy. Right. And so he's And been suddenly put in he's in charge of the entire precinct. Yes. yes. And he's he's very clearly a tight ass about everything. He's paired with Muldoon because comedy. And Muldoon is very much a, as we are led to believe from the beginning of the movie, a slob. He's lazy. He's slack. Correct. Yes. Yes. So they're paired together in their squad car. We get the theme of the original show repeated in the background, echoed throughout the entire movie. And Tootie leaves chaos in his wake everywhere he goes. Right. So that's that's part of the thing. No, no, you say that. Now... They get out of the car, and we're right. introduced to Muldoon, they, who is doing all kinds of crazy shit. Right, and see, that's the thing. Like, they say that 2D is a walking nightmare, but he knows everybody in the neighborhood. Yes. Everybody loves him, and then Muldoon is the one who is shooting at a little Hasidic kid running down the street. Yes. Who, who stole a who sandwich stole from a sandwich. Deli. That's all he did. Okay, and, and Muldoon well, says he shoots, that he... Well, he shoots after him, but he hits a watermelon, and... It somehow doesn't pierce that. Like it doesn't it, go through the watermelon and hit the woman standing directly behind the watermelon. It's really right. fucked up, and they never it address really it. Is. No, they, they don't, don't address, address it. it and then they say that the Hasidic kid is in a gang. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, is it a, a gang where he they says wear it's beanies? Gang related. Yeah. I'm where like, they wear beanies. Yeah. <clears throat> Meanwhile, <laughs> these these feds meet with. Have I mentioned that I'm a Jew? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the, meanwhile, the feds meet with the captain of the station concerning a witness who was actually a bookkeeper for a pretty big time mafia don named Don Pretty Boy Motti, mm-hmm. played by a weird and uncharismatic actor, Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> Baldwin. He's a bald one. He's a bald one. I stay. I do not correct myself. <laughs> He stands by doing his, his best Alec impersonation Indeed. is what it's it true. sounded like. Yeah, yes, yeah. Daniel Baldwin, everybody. He, he was, and flat. the witness is Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. Piven. Oh and God. thank God for this man. Yes. So let's talk about let's talk about Don Monty <laughs> for a quick both. second. He is a mob boss who sits in a giant circle, 
and you're not allowed to cross into that circle where his desk is because he's claustrophobic. Did they say that? Yep, you can't. Yeah, you can't approach. He can approach you if he wants to come to you. He can, but you can't approach him. Mm-hmm. So he's got an actual circle drawn on the floor around his desk, and you cannot cross the circle. Yeah. Well, they've taken in his bookkeeper named Hortz, played by Jeremy Piven, into custody, and Monty puts out a hit on him to get him take to get him taken out because he doesn't want him to be a liability anymore. Okay, so that's setting up the conflict of the movie. Mm-hmm. We go back to Tootie and his fucked up marriage. Oh, my God. He's married to Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yes. Yep. And it's this typical, you know, like New York, Jersey style fighting. And then, like, one nice line is said. And, and he's like, make me a sandwich. Yeah. Yes. It's sweet to him again. Because this new program requires them to show up to work early and have to stay late for meetings and trainings and all this stuff. So since he's coming in late, she automatically accuses him of having an affair. Uh, just so stereotypical by the book. And he comes in and he's like, what's for dinner? And then she throws lettuce at him. And he's like, toss salad. And I just facepalm myself so hard, I kind of it hurt for a little bit. I'm sure it yeah. did. And we, are, we established that he's watching a show called Boys in Blue, which is a parody of cops. cops. Uh, she makes him a PB&J faster than any machine could. Cut back to uh, Piven. He gets a chip implanted by Muldoon into his ear. Oh, so they can no, track him. It's not a chip implanted. in. His, that's what they say. It's a giant metal ring on the outside oh, of his ear. Right. Okay, that's what that was. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just so thought he that's got a piercing why, in prison. No, there, it's okay. like that metal clip on the outside of his ear, which is why he brings up the whole weight. Does this make me gay? Which is it, my left ear or the right ear? Which one is it? I'm like, are you kidding me? I was so mad. The that's 90s. Such me- a juvenile early 90s thing that I remember from high school. Yep. Like, well, if you get your left ear pierced, but if you get your right ear pierced, it makes yeah. you gay. It's terrible. It's like, that's not the only Jesus gay, Christ. like low-brow gay joke right. made. No, it's not. It's not. But it's but the first. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. But they put him in a prison cell because that's the only place where they can keep him at the station. <laughs> See, he was kind of a douchey character, but I liked him. I liked him, too. Because he was, like, picky about everything. Like, you know, he's like, you don't mix white wine with red meat. And I was like, okay, but maybe it's just because it's Jeremy Pippen. Because he's charismatic and he's... Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I've never liked Jeremy Piven, and to me, this is his most annoying character he's ever played. (laughs) But that is a personal thing. I just don't like him, period. It's all good. But this drove me nuts. You should stay away from the Spy Kids movies. Oh, yeah. I've seen Spy Kids. Have you seen I've seen all of them. We're going to talk about this after the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I, I did PR for the third one. We're going to talk about Stories. this after this. Yeah, after the episode. <laughs> That's when I met Meatloaf. <gasps> oh my god! We're okay. going to talk about this after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the insane cop party being thrown to celebrate the retirement of uh, Grandpa from Monsters, uh, and by insane. <laughs> By insane, I mean it because there is breakdancing here. Yep. There is a DJ. Yep. There are cops just randomly firing at targets in yep. the background. There's this a big all in the game same of room. Russian roulette. There's a yeah. pinata. No, 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 no. You're not glossing over the Russian roulette thing. <laughs> well, oh, that was so weird. That, before that. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, before and it's that. Just that one shot. And that. Okay. Then we never mention it again. Yeah, before. And we'll, we'll talk about Russian roulette in just one second. But before that happens, we see somebody who looks like Andy War- Warhol. Just walk through the party. Just wander through, like with a couple of his entourage, like in leather things. Yeah, so like Uh, like Schnauzer, played by Al Lewis, his party was big enough to warrant an Andy Warhol appearance. Meanwhile, Russian roulette. Let's talk about this. Talk about that. Yes. What the hell? 
I mean, this movie obviously is hijinks crazy, but that's that's fucking nuts. It and is. and usually when you see Russian roulette portrayed, the gun gets put to the side of the head. Yeah. No, this, this guy one puts it in, in his, his mouth. mouth. And there's like a, usually like a Vietnamese person going "bow." <laughs> Which is funny because I just watched part of Deer Hunter beforehand. In all this, Schnauzer is electrocuted because he's a dumbass, and so is Tootie, because they put up a pin the tail on the donkey-esque print on the, uh, the circuit breaker. Right. Smart. So he's in the hospital now. We cut to the next day, because that's just this movie. It's just cuts, cuts, and cuts. Yep. To Muldoon ticketing everyone for so much as you know, blaspheming. Taking the Lord's name in vain was yep. one of them. A couple- Spitting on the sidewall. Yeah, yep. really stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we cut back to Schnauz in the hospital. He's watching the monsters. Waka waka. Specifically, a scene with Grandpa with in it. it. So he's yep. watching he's himself. He's watching himself. Yeah. And laughing hysterically. And he's hysterically. got this great. Do you remember when we used to print out on the dot matrix? Yep. He's got this great dot matrix printout on at the top of in the back of his uh, room. Hospital it is room, amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. We're treated to a wonderful piss joke while we're in the hospital oh with him God. because he's like, "Hi, it's great living in here. I have this bag." I'm sorry, my Merlin voice is <laughs> apparently. <laughs> it's, all right. it's fine. It's fine. It's so, fine. So he's talking about how he has a tube that he can just piss into while he's in his bed, and it just right. And and then Tootie shows up off to, the end of the hospital bed. Yeah. And Tootie shows up and fondles it, and then he walks away, and it's the cord to it is caught onto his the cord belt. Catches onto his gun. His gun. Yeah. Yeah. And so as he's walking down the hall, it's pulling the cord tighter and tighter. We cut back to the shot of Al Lewis going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, it's yeah. the, the paycheck was worth it, Al. And then it finally rips out. Yeah. Which Ugh. I don't blame him for screaming. Yeah. Blame nope. No. Back to the station, we're treated to 90s tech being installed. Or yep. rather, rather what the 90s thought was futuristic tech. technology. Yep. We have touch screens. We well, in fairness, we, we have multiple television sets stacked together. We have satellites that emit sound. Where is all this coming from? I mean, yeah, there's taxpayer money, but that's a little. It's like Washington D.C. style. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is yeah. Fed level stuff. There's yeah. no way that some the 53rd precinct, which I was like, really, it's the 53rd precinct, but car 54. Right. Jesus Christ, pick a new number. Anyway, <laughs> but it's the 53rd precinct, which is some little podunk precinct in in the middle of New York city somewhere yeah mobsters they sneak into prison dressed as uh, as delivery boys to give horse yeah because poison. let's just say a little something about the uh the in movie marketing for nathan's hot dogs oh my god because good god did they pay for this movie I, they must have i have a feeling nathan's was because all nathan's over, all this, over movie. this movie yeah yeah. And I love me in Nathan's hot I mean, dog. the entire final sequence takes place at, at Coney, Coney Island. Island. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, they sneak the food into prison, and he's talking, uh, Piven's talking about how awesome the food that they brought him is, and one of the prisoners next to him takes it and eats it and then dies. And so that's like, Piven's like, oh, don't eat so fast or whatever. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because they're trying to offer him. That's what you get for him. eating so fast. That's but right. No, he was yeah. poisoned. And he doesn't get that he's being, he was about to be poisoned. No, and no one gets it. No one no. gets the fact that this guy just ate poisoned food. Yeah. He didn't just no. die. And you find out that he's like some... He was an animal rights activist. He's an animal rights activist. That's the only reason he was put in jail. So while the Don is learning about the failed assassination attempt, Tootie decides to invite Muldoon in order to break the ice over to his place for dinner. Okay. This was my biggest problem with the technicals of this movie. Okay. Because every time someone comes to the door at Tootie's oh. house, he opens the door, 
and then we see a fisheye lens. Yes. So it's like he's looking through the peephole on the door. Even though the door is shown clearly open. The door is already open. And this and is several times. he should be standing what looks like a screen door or something like that. But no, it shows it's, us from the peephole point of view. It's the weirdest thing. It makes no sense. I don't yes. understand it. It makes no sense. And it looks like something that was done in post, like the, the filter through it. So obviously this was something done under the editing front. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is complete editing. Yeah. yeah. This wasn't something like, hey, let's just shoot this scene. Oops, we have this footage, but we can't go back and do a reshoot. No, that was this was intended to be in the final product. Muldoon shows up with his mother. That's his plus one. That's his plus his one. Mother. Correct. So we learn throughout the movie that he's not the greatest with the ladies. He's a virgin. Yes. Because he, he just he gets very tense and nervous around women, so he's never actually asked one out. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very awkward dinner. Uh, terrible chemistry between all four of them, respectively, Ooh, even the married yeah. couple. Uh, and Tootie plans to is planning with his wife to set Muldoon up with someone named Velma Valour. She'll come in later. They find out shortly thereafter that Boys in Blue is apparently coming to the station to film some footage for their show. Mm-hmm. And Tootie's naturally excited about this. It's his favorite show, and he's it's always his told show. his wife, like, I'm, someday I'm going to be on that show. So it's his dream coming true. At the meantime, the mobsters are trying to build a toilet bomb to take out Hortz this time. Right. Now, let's talk about this bomb. I'm very confused about the mechanics of it. So am I. They're underneath. They're, like, under the cell. They're messing with the plumbing. They put some, I guess, C4 onto a pipe. Right. And that's their bomb. But now, he's modeled the C4 into, like, a smiley face or something. something. Yeah, it's yeah. like a weird face. Yeah. And it's foiled when Jeremy Piven's character throws a hot dog or something into right. the toilet. It just hits the water, and then that sets it off to explode. So yep. the, it, it would only effectively kill him if he was taking a dump. But How? none of this is ever explained. We had to deduce this because... It exploded when he threw the hot dog in it. So, so we it's have... such a sensitive bu- explosive that a splash from water several meters above it is going to set it off. And these are this is when he's got the uh, two cellmates on either side who have been jailed for explicit lyrics. And this is when he does a rap. And they and they yeah they start yep. rapping. All three of them start rapping yes. together. Yep. And I wanted to, that to stop. Tootie then tells Muldoon while driving with him that he's mm-hmm. going to set him up with this Velma Velour character. Uh, this is when we actually start seeing a change in Muldoon's character. And this is one of my problems with the movie consistently. Mm-hmm. He suddenly becomes a comedic character rather than like the straight Yeah, the he's been the guy. straight guy. Yeah. yeah. Up until this point, he's been the straight man. That's correct. Yes. And then yeah. he becomes a caricature. Yep. Correct. Without any kind of tr- transition into it. That's nope. correct. Just All because right. that's what has to happen. All the while, uh, they decide because there's been two ass- assassination attempts on this guy, uh, Hortz, mm-hmm. they decide to sneak him over to Tootie's place to 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 hide out there. So yes. while right. while uh, Muldoon and Tootie are outside, I keep wanting to call him Doctor Cox. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah, while they're getting ready to go to the bar where he's going to introduce Muldoon to Velma, or yeah. the uh, chief sneaks Jeremy Piven into the trunk of into their the car. trunk of their car, and they say like, "Let's stop for a drink. What's the worst that could happen? He'll be fine." Okay, they go into the bar where we are greeted by. Penn and Teller, and everything they come up with is better than anything else in this movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's, but a whole, it's not It's not it great. It is a comp- completely pointless yep. and worthless scene. It yep. has nothing to do with the movie. It doesn't pl- tie in in any way. Nope. But just patter from Penn and Teller, well, from Penn. Yes. Teller just does doesn't, the motions. Does what he does. And they're is selling... funnier than anything else that was actually oh, written far for and this away. movie. Yeah. Far and away. And because they're, they're selling guns to yeah, cops, they're selling they're guns dealers. to cops. Yep. They're selling illegal weapons. Yep. To cops. yeah, but only to cops. Right. 
that's the punchline of that yeah. scene. Yeah. And this is where, again, character shift with Muldoon because he has absolutely no qualms with this once he yeah, explains it Yeah, away. earlier in the movie, he would have arrested these guys on the spot. Yeah. Yep. If this had been something that happened post-meeting Velma, I think I would have bought this a lot I easier. I would have bought it yes. more, yeah, because he softened up by that point. Because yeah. uh, up until now, nothing, is, nothing significant has happened to this character. But this is stay. immediately before he meets Velma. But hey, speaking of, we meet her. Yep. She's played by Fran Drescher. And it's established already that she's kind of a police... She's a police groupie. Yes. She loves their badges. Yes. The yeah. badge is what she's in love with. Yeah. She loves caressing them and yeah. holding them and hugging them and kissing them and making them hurl. The badges. <laughs> and, okay. Tell you me know, about the rabbits, George. <laughs> and Dr. Cox is just smitten with this person from the get-go. Yes, he yep. is, at first sight. Yeah. And they decide to start celebrating yes. from that point. There's no mm-hmm. against just uh, the, so uh, Rosie O'Donnell shows up. Yeah. So now it's uh, so now it's so the now two it's couples the two together couples going out on a double. And date. so now so they hang out at this place, and then they move on to another bar, and they move on to another bar, then to yes. a concert. So we so, we go from bar to bar to bar, and we see all these people. We see the freaking Ramones. The Ramones in this movie. at CBGBs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which at CBGB's. It, like, it's like we're watching the Ramones play a concert at CBGB's. This is history, right? Right here, right. And people are moshing. It's like, what happened? Yeah. This is just a weird. It was night. crazy. Yeah. Then, then we get to who I thought was Lou Bega, but it's not. It's Kowati Mundi. So we get into this. This right. this movie is a musical, y'all, because this yeah. is where it really so happens. It's, it's like a rooftop bar kind yeah. of place. And we get into a song called sort of Mambo Love. Mam- Mambo band yeah. is playing. It's They've like got Miami Sound Machine, right. whatever. And so then they ask Tootie to sing, they and he to come up becomes and Buster them. Poindexter really and he sings and buster poindexter was legitimate i mean he was a legitimate singer but the thing is the song that they're singing that he sings with them is actually the music from his breakout song hot 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 hot, hot, yeah just with different lyrics yeah so it's just the same so they they applaud him for being a great singer and they have a great time and then (laughs) then velma and Muldoon are going to go take a carriage ride. They're yes. going to take a horse-drawn so, carriage ride. So, Ro- so Rosie is like, hey, you guys go, because uh, Tootie was going to be like, oh, we should all go take a cabbage carriage ride. And Rosie O'Donnell's like, no, honey, they want to be alone. So they go get this carriage ride, and who's in the seat? Tone Loke. That's Only right. Only who the 90s thought was the sexiest voice ever. Yeah. And I, I, I have, I have some, I have a little bit of a problem with Tone Loke only because when that song came out, every time somebody who met me heard my name, <laughs> Adina, would Funky ask cold me, Medina. thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to my 20s, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Funky cold. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Tone Loke's freaking carriage. Blame Tone oh, no, Loke I know, for that. I know. So Tone Loke's carriage, y'all, has a boom mm-hmm. box that he's got in the front seat. It's got air fresheners, the tree kind. Oh, yeah. And freaking, like, tinsel cellophane <laughs> shit. In his, I mean. It's a love And it my is. favorite moment of the entire movie. <laughs> What's playing on the boom box? Afternoon Delight. Yes. <laughs> yes, Afternoon Delight. I could not stop laughing. Yep. This is <laughs> like when... Tone Loke is listening and, to right, And this Delight. is when I pulled out my headphones so my husband could hear. 
This is when, yeah, I because ha- I had my headphones on while I was watching, and I had to pull out the headphones so my husband could hear Afternoon Delight. Yeah, so seriously, so Tone Loke was all up in their business, and he loved that Velma and Muldoon were getting busy in his carriage. Oh, no, so much yep. that he's like, hey, the ride's free. And he's yep. like, it's like, okay, sure, that's fine. They only probably made a mess of your back seat to where you can't give anyone oh, else he a He doesn't care. Mess. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. care. No, it doesn't yep. matter. It was all in the name of love. He's yep, cool. he's oh, cool. Well, yeah, love. Love that decided <laughs> to give us the uh, something I never thought I'd see, a sex scene with Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so, that yeah. happened. You know what? At least they're having sex. Because there's yeah. something that references sex and marriage later. Why is she yelling at holidays, right. though? Well, why, why not? Comedy. <laughs> I mean, have I been doing something wrong all these years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, yeah, yes. maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk afterwards, Jack. <laughs> but no, the only point of that, I mean, the punchline of the sex scene yes. is that once he finishes, he ends it by going ooh ooh. And that whole reference, because he does it two more times yes, in the movie. Yes, he does. The the character, the original character from the original TV show, that was like his little catchphrase. Because he was the dumb one. And, you know, we talked with the Brooklyn accent. Ooh, ooh. Like when he would get an idea, that was his thing. That was always the catchphrase of that character. That's gross. And this is the first time that we're halfway through the movie. This is the first time he actually does it. And it's in a sex scene with Rosie O'Donnell. And I just feel so bad for Rosie O'Donnell because this is just her paying her dues. Yeah. Knowing what was, we know now, it's like, yeah. ah, that poor woman. She was actually good in this. So I no, liked she was. Her. She I, was, I liked was. her in this. She was a big game for this movie this time. She actually has the only line in here that I laughed at. So mm-hmm. um, the, right, very shortly thereafter, they, they have a fight. And, Is this um, the best line? It's not even a line. It's it's a shift. It's a tone. Uh, a, a shift in tone because she is yelling at him at Tootie. She is just giving him the business, and the phone rings. Oh yeah, and yeah. The phone rings, and she's like, "I'll get it." She goes, "Hello," and, and I had Hello. to rewind three times because I laughed so hard, and then I had to pull out my headphones one more time so John could hear it. But it was the only laugh for me, in this entire movie, was her shift in tone, where she's like, God damn it! Burr, burr, burr. Hello? Hello. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. So, yeah. It was good. While everyone is having sex, <laughs> these prostitutes that we've met earlier in the movie, they go out They're and just fucking steal... <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. I like them. They are my hobos. This I is like the them. first time I've got double hobos, man. Because these, these, these. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Double hobos. <laughs> Hashtag okay. double hobos. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised that we skipped over them, but or double they hose, come back. So, it. yeah, the 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 um, prostitutes in this movie. Um, just watch it, just for them. But I thought they were Tootie's friends, and they fucking steal his car and then rat out the guy he's trying to protect. They do. It's true. But look, they're in it for the business, man. They're smart. Well, but they only know him from his patrol car. Right. This they is don't his know actual car, so yeah, they, they don't, don't actually know. know it's his. They don't know it's his, and they would never do that to him. And, it's, fair, and it's, their, is it's their pimp, pimp which is a is black woman. This, 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. So their pimp is this beautiful black woman, but these... she's the one who tells them to steal the car. Yeah. So why are the, the keys one. still in the car? They weren't. Well, I guess they were. No, they he were. just left it open because he's tooting. Because they had been out partying, and that when when um, when Muldoon and uh, Velma get in the carriage ride, and that that's when he and Rosie O'Donnell are like, "Oh no, we got to get home now." Home. They were they wanted to get it on, and so he right. was. They were so. They were Caught in such up. haste to get yes. into the house that he left the keys. And in the they car. left Horst in the trunk of the car. Yeah. So, Perry Pippen's yeah. still in the trunk. So the the prostitutes in the, this movie, y'all, they are my hobos in a barn. Oh my god, they're so good. I love them. So they realize that they that the witness has gotten away. Right, because the prostitutes and the pimp steal yeah. the car. And I think they just put it together. Because the, the they had to get to To Coney Island. Yeah, yeah. To meet up with a John. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they go back to the station. Uh, Tootie is now wearing a very uh, flashy purple suit yes. that I kind of liked a lot. Yes, I did too. And the cops are teasing Muldoon because he's just confessed his love for this woman. And they're like, yeah, good for, for you, Velma, man. And they all know who she is because yeah. they've yeah. all been they've with her. Yeah, they know her her. inside and out. Uh. And, and they give him a hard time <laughs> for that. And so it's kind of, you know, hurt him a little bit. But he lost his virginity to her. So Tootie is now dressed as Detroit Dan who is right. a hitman that they had learned was hired by the Don to put the hit on. Um, Horst. Yeah. Right. So he's posing as this guy. Fine. You know mm-hmm. what? Not a bad idea, Tootie. Except when he's leaving the police station, immediately he steps outside. There's a fucking van driving behind him, a reporter, who says, and there is our brave officer, <laughs> Officer Everybody Tootie. Everybody knows who he is. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing, because that's the, new, that's the crew from Boys in Blue. Yes. Okay? Right. How the hell did they know about his plan to dress up as Detroit Dan? In fact, it took me a minute to remember that the that they, that, were, that they were coming they were coming to film at this precinct. We have not seen them at all since that was mentioned and then suddenly they're in a van following him going, "There's Officer uh, Tootie who's uh, dressed in a sharp suit and he's obviously going to do something." And it's like yeah. No, they say, Where the hell did they come from? They right. say almost unrecognizable as he goes undercover. So these people are How fucking spoiled. How do they know spoiler. who he is? Right. But they're obstructing justice. But they're also <laughs> giving away vital information exactly. to uh, what could be a, a, a criminal yes. investigation. Yeah, right. you know, it'd it really suck if one of the b- villains in the movie actually watched television. Yes. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That comes up. Yes, it does. So we cut back to Velma and Muldoon who make amends. She shows up to the station and she wants to you know, talk things out with him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Said that she just seduces him again, and they make out, and he's like, "Okay, I love well, you." Well, she explains that she just thought she was in love with the badge, and it wasn't until she met him that she knew what love actually was. That's yes. right. And so, after I clean the vomit off my carpet from that, sure, <laughs> fair enough. You missed the spot. Okay, this is a part. <laughs> Tootie as Detroit Dan goes to this bar, and he's like. I want to speak to Maudie or whatever. And yeah. then this this beautiful Asian woman shows up oh, and, this out sequence. of nowhere. No, and this almost made me laugh. Like, uh-huh. this was a good idea for a joke, just terribly executed. Terribly executed. <laughs> because she's like, follow me. And she leads him. And they go, like, into, like, a tunnel. And mm-hmm. she's, like, wearing a different outfit. Yeah. And then- so she's wearing this black sequin dress when she first comes up and says, follow me. They walk some stairs. Down some stairs, and suddenly she's in a like gold, a cutoff, yep, like party dress, dress, right, which is a, a different color. Or oh, they walk through this room, 
into a different hallway. When we cut to the hallway, now she's wearing like Another that same black. dress with like a mesh thing over it. And it's it. black. And it's black. She goes and opens a door and you hear something coming from the door, it's like, like a, a loud crowd noise or yeah. something. And then closes the door, turns around and says, sorry, wrong way. Yeah. They continue down the hallway into a subway. And then she's and in this she's beautiful in a completely white, white dress. feathery dress. Which, okay. What the fuck? I like the idea. Like, I like the idea that, like, the, the elaborate steps it took to get him to this meetup location. But they either should have made it more coherent or they should have drawn it out further. Or why didn't well, his clothes change? They, right. And, because he's not in on it. He doesn't know what he's doing. No. Part of the steps. No. Well, we don't know what they're doing, so right. it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. It the should point be more is, is like they or did, more drawn I'm out. I'm pretty sure they did something similar to this in the uh, was it Hot Shots, the Top Gun parodies. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, is that make it subtle. That's what makes it funny. Is that you need to stop and rewind and watch it. Wait a minute, is that something different than before? Instead of just she turns the corner and it's an obvious, complete different dress make it subtle incrementally change the outfit or something like that if you're not parroting something specific which when they get to the subway tunnel and he's about to get on the train and the like they're having this longingly like longing gaze into each other's eyes and it's like they're moving closer to each other are they going to kiss are we not we don't know we're misreading this way and then they don't and she just says Goodbye, Detroit Dan. And she says goodbye, and he says goodbye, and he turns and gets on the subway train, and the train takes off. We pan back to her, and then she says... Again, she says the same exact line. Is it? Yes! I could not understand. that I watched it five times. <laughs> and I had no idea what she said the last time. Yeah, because she just she... said goodbye, Detroit Dan. And I, I did not understand this scene and that's what I'm like. If if this is supposed to be an actual, like a specific parody of something from another movie, please tell me what it is. Yeah, no idea. Because I have no idea. It makes no sense. None of it makes sense. No. Are we just filling time here? This is yeah. the best thing you could come up with to fill time. If this is not making a specific joke, yeah. then be done. why? Yeah, why? no idea. So Tootie gets to the Don's place. He gets a very weird hug from him after he impresses the Don with his bullshit resume. Mm -hmm. And all the meanwhile, Muldoon is with Velma, tracking down Hortz by the tag in his ear, while the prostitutes at the same time find Hortz in the trunk of their car. So all of this is set up for them to lead to meet at the same sleazy hotel. Yes. Because that's where the Don sends Tootie... To go now before Tootie actually enters the place, uh, he is greeted by his wife, who just shows up and she's like, uh, first of all, okay, why didn't he tell her he was going undercover in the first place? Because obviously she saw him go out the door that in that crazy purple yeah. suit. Right. And furthermore, he calls her a hoe and he has them throw her into a dumpster. Really? Was it because like it's not even comedy? You just you just feel bad for this woman at this yeah. point. Yeah, you really do. You yeah. do. And she yeah. gets taken away by the fucking dump truck. Yeah, she does. Marty, after he oh. sends Tootie away, he's mm. watching TV, oh and then Boys of Blue comes on, and he's like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. I'm going after he him. He sees, and yeah. So he is now en route to the hotel as right. well. So then we get to the Winchester Hotel. Mm-hmm. And this was my second runner-up for Hobo in a Barn. Oh, yep. This guy. 
the oh my god oh, the desk oh, yeah part. oh my yeah. god because he was so consistent he was he was fantastic consistent. he's like five dollars an hour two hour minimum blah 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 and, and he every said time, it the same exact yep, way and he never looked at anybody every single time. yeah so he was he was fantastic he yeah. was. everyone meets up and obviously the jig is up on the undercover detroit dan bullshit and so it ends up into a big chase sequence where they go to coney island and they start fucking around the fairground they're running around the pier and then they we'll end get up getting the on the cyclone coaster. which is yes. the most famous well it's, roller coaster. Be, it's before this that mm-hmm. we meet, if I, if it were up to me, my personal hobo in a barn. This little kid uh, just shows up. At, he's at the shooting gallery and like, oh, oh the little the kid wants the yeah. gun. Yeah. Yes, he really wanted yeah. one like, of the guns. They're, they're hiding in the shooting gallery and they keep popping their heads up. And yes. the mob guys are shooting at them with actual guns. Yeah, yes. and he's just got the little water pistol. <laughs> yeah. Can I have your gun? Like, no, he's no, like, no, 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 fuck off, kid. So they run off again. They go to the cyclone, as they you were saying. They go to the cyclone. Uh, they shoot a sign that the operator has that says Obey, spelled O-B-A-Y. Obey Rideman at all times. So <laughs> they get they get on the roller coaster, and it's just a, a boring sequence that I could have easily skipped through. Yes. Yeah, because we, we watched them ride the entire coaster yep from start to finish yeah, yep. you're just now the once they go fun. over the first big hill and go over a little one and then come back up around this big curve we have a shooting match between because our our heroes are in the front seat the bad guys are in the back seat so as they're coming around the curve they're all trying to shoot at each other somebody's gun goes flying out of their hand and magically lands in the lap of the kid who wanted their gun while he's on the tilt-a-whirl <laughs> and it's like all right Bitchin or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what he says. He says bitchin. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was like, bitchin. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> so that's all, hilarious. So we've seen all these scenes of a place where we'd rather be than sitting in front of our computers watching this. And we get to the Tunnel of Love. Maudie's come up because he shows up there and like he gets bumped inside the ride by clumsy antics. And his comeuppance, I guess, is just having to be reminded that he's single and alone. Well, and he's claustrophobic, and he doesn't like being in the dark. So he's in a tunnel of love, right? So it's all all bad. It starts freaking him out. He's hanging on to the swan's neck like, oh, no, 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 no. I just thought he was just weird because he was just sad. So it drives him him crazy. So when he comes out, he confesses to everything. Yes. And, I mean, that's the end of the movie. Like, you know, the uh, Pivens with the prostitutes. Yep, he goes off happily ever after. Yep. Uh, yep. uh, Tootie is with his wife, and Velma is with Muldoon. Yep, and they all lived happily ever after. Yep, at the yep. end. And so the credits begin, and then while the credits are rolling, we have all these random scenes, which aren't outtakes. They are actual. They aren't scenes. outtakes. They're actual scenes. Yes. Um, you know? So, like, we cut to the police chief outside Coney Island, like asking the press, does anyone want to interview the chief? Right. That's me. Yes. Uh, and then we cut just other random the events. Monsters are caught by the kid who holds his gun up. And- yep. Uh, right. We see Muldoon um, and Velma getting married. Yeah. We see them get married. Yes. Monty's, in, Monty's in like a mental institution. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's in a mental institution. Um, Which is really sad kind of. Uh, yes. We see just a random shot of Muldoon and Tootie walking down the street, just having a random conversation. Yep. Yeah. While yeah. the credits are playing and the the 90s mix of Car 54, Where Are You, or whatever, yes. is playing so much at the same level of the dialogue that you can't really you understand can't half understand. of what they're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't it. bring the music level down so we can hear the dialogue. Nope. It's all the same. It's all the same. So, yeah. yeah. But that's it for the movie. That's though. it. That's, yes. That's, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and come right back with some trivia. And, Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, we're back. So, trivia on this movie, did you guys dig up anything? I, I, have, I have something that's really actually kind of awesome. Go right for away. it. As I was watching the credits, mm-hmm. there's a name that comes up as a casting intern. Mm-hmm. Erica Arvold. She now casts Turn and House of Cards. Wow. She is gotta start somewhere. Big time, y'all. Wow. So I had to I had to stop and I'm like, oh my God, for real. So she is big time and I love her. She's fantastic. So yeah, so this may have been, and I kind of want to ask her, this may have been her first movie. Or one of her first, without yeah, question. Could be. So yeah, so Erica Arvold, everybody, and she's awesome. We love her. Yeah. And the casting, I think, for the most part, mm-hmm. not terrible. So I mean, there was yeah. there's some good stuff about this. Yeah, the, then yeah. and again, guys, this movie was originally filmed as a musical because John C. McGinley was um, interviewed about it, mm-hmm. and there were tons of musical numbers. And they got completely cut, oh. except for two. And he thinks this movie, as it is now, is an incoherent mess, which I it is. I would agree. So, but it was originally filmed as a musical. Oh, I wish it had been. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. And then the other thing I saw was that the budget was almost $11 million. What? And it made just over a million. Jeez. But Erica Arvold is my favorite thing about this whole thing. Beyond that, it has a uh, 0% of Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uh, a couple awards. <laughs> it was nominated for some stinkers. It won, uh, sorry, it was nominated for Worst Picture and Worst Actress, being Rosie O'Donnell. Aww. It won the stinker for Worst Resurrection of a TV Show. Yes. I can't argue with that. And it won a Razzie. For worst supporting actress going to Rosie O'Donnell. That is so that's terrible. I don't think that's now, okay. In their defense, mm-hmm. she was also nominated for several other movies that she'd done that year, uh, including The Flintstones, which I agree with. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, with The no, Flintstones, absolutely. So it was. It wasn't just with this movie standing on its own. Sure. Look, she did beautifully with what she was given. With what because she was given. I would give Johansson. One of the worst acting awards out of this whole movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, he was terrible. Yeah, yeah. and so was Daniel Baldwin. But the supporting cast, for the most part, like I didn't hate Fran Drescher. No, actually, I was no. She was. Yeah. This is like the least Fran Drescher has ever been. Yeah, right. No, she was I thought Drescher. John C. McGinley was consistent. I thought Daniel mm-hmm. ba- Baldwin's henchman, especially the guy who played Nico, was fantastic. Yeah. So I didn't think Nipsey Russell was that great. You know, because I when but I compare him to the to Wiz, do. right? Yeah. So he didn't have a whole lot to do. But oh, it's I Grandpa from the Monsters. Yeah, sure. I he, was he was fine. <laughs> what did you guys have oh for your God. best line? Uh, my best line was actually from Daniel Baldwin's character. Um, it's uh, in the first time we meet him, and he's in his little circle, and he's explaining to the henchman what he needs done. And, uh, but he's trying to also make himself look good. And he's like, Hey, you know, uh, I, I love all kinds of civic, you know, uh, charities like, uh, um, and his like Butler henchman or whatever says recycling. And he said, yeah, recycling. My garbage company was the first in the city to start separating its trash medical to long Island toxics to Jersey. That's funny. Yeah. That's just that funny. funny. And that's a clever line. Yes. But do you know what you have for best line? Um, well, almost everything Nipsey Russell says, um, as far as like colloquialisms, 
he he's got a few. I'll kick your butt so fast. Yeah, y'all I'll kick your butt so fast you'll think I'm in your hip pocket. Or um, if you screw this up for me, I will slap the taste out of your mouth. Your mouth yeah. But the one sort of airplane-ish moment that I really enjoyed was when the security people come in to uh, introduce him to Horst. And they say, Captain, before we begin, is this office secure? And MC Russell says, secure? Well, I get a nice feeling when I come in here. <laughs> so... That that was, but there aren't that many good lines. So that that was it. My favorite was when Rosie O'Donnell was like, "Hello, Hello. yeah." My, <laughs> my best line was, "All right, bitchin." <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. I was yeah. like, "Please, I, for the first time, I think of any of our movies, can we have a kid as a main character instead of this nonsense?" Yes, no, I agree. Uh, worst line. I didn't really have anything for worst line. There was no one line that just stood out as being, "Oh, that's horrible." Yeah. It just they're they're just yeah. generally they're just general or, or the I homosexual mean, jokes were no good. No. no, now that yeah, if I had to go with anything, it would definitely be the oh, this it's my left thing? ear. Does that make me gay? Rude. Did you have a worse line, Dina? Uh, well, no. There was one that I did like that Daniel Baldwin said when he's watching the seal the seal documentary or whatever, yeah. and they're they're fighting, and he's like, "Don't let anyone ever take your rock." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. So, yeah. My worst line was car 54, where the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Because I, I just imagine, because, like, you have to think about, it, like, who was this movie really made for? Because that, this show came out 30 years before, more than 30 years before this movie did. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. You have There's... to think, okay, so you're obviously going to have some fans of the original show coming out to see this movie. And I feel like when the movie really isn't. I feel advertised that way because I've seen the trailer. I've seen a lot of the promo stuff for this movie right. leading up to this review. And it just, there was no indicator that it was going to be quite as hard a PT-13 as it was. Yeah. No, was exactly. I mean, you at, can but... imagine someone who is around our age now, yeah. uh, back in 57 or whatever the TV show was on, who grew up watching that. Yeah. Yeah. And then now they're older and they're like, oh, that, I loved that show. I'm going to go watch the movie. And within the first two minutes, they get the f bomb. Yeah, no good. Probably not yeah. good. I uh, not a good idea. So uh, yeah. So on the on the fans' behalf, I, I, that was my worst line. <laughs> Drinking game. Uh, Car fifty four. Where are you? Well, yes. yeah, because they do place that randomly throughout the movie. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that and and not just the phrase. It's the actual Car fifty four. Remixed. Where are you. Every time Nipsey Russell comes out with some weird ass colloquialism you've never heard. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And there yeah. are a few yeah. of those. That's sprinkled that. enough. Yeah. And anytime Nathan's is mentioned or seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nathan's, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what did they do right with this movie? The music. Music? I love the music. And again, I thought the casting uh, of the supporting characters was good. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, not a bad job with casting, especially, and we miss. Um, so we know we yeah we got Penn and Teller had a, a guest shot uh, Tone Loke the Ramones playing at CBGB and uh, when they first get to the um, precinct in the beginning of the movie when they first get there they're like hassling some sidewalk preacher that oh, was yeah. Mojo Nixon it was yes that was Mojo Nixon who if you know what we're talking about when we say CBGB and the Ramones you should know who Mojo Nixon is if you don't look it up. 
Uh, um, so, so there were some great cameos in yes. here. Yes, there were. Um, so for me, what what made like my biggest takeaway from this was just it it made me want to go back and see the TV show because again I I went into this completely with a blank slate. Like I'd, I'd seen a couple of the episodes just before watching the movie itself, yeah. and I liked it. It was charming. It was fun. Like I would actually want to watch a couple of more episodes of it myself. Yeah, it so, really is. I mean, as you know, it didn't. It lasted maybe two. Two and a half seasons, yeah. I think. It didn't it last fun. for very long. But it's a, it's a cute, fun show from that time period, yeah. you know. And it's, it. it's decent. Yeah. It's got some good laughs. So, Zip, what time is it? Time to bust a rhyme. Go fish. Time for Gertrude Stein. <laughs> Go fish. No, gee. Time for the flaming cinematic turd meter. <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, it, there's, apart from obviously being out of tune with the audience they should have been playing to. Uh, just making it a harder PG-13. Uh, I mean, apart from that, there's really nothing offensively bad That's in harmless. this movie. There's some funny stuff. There's some cute stuff. There's some stuff that is it's not just all out bad. It just doesn't work. They tried something. It didn't work. But then they moved on instead of trying to fix it. So all in all, I, I can give this one a two. All right. Well, in that case, any closing thoughts with this movie, guys? Just yeah. get the soundtrack. Just, uh, no, yeah. don't. If you're no. drunk. <laughs> don't get the soundtrack. It's get a trap. Get it. Get it. Get it. No. No. Just get a Fat Boys album. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for this episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And, of course, we're brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Next time. Fat slags. Oh, God. <laughs> no! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was dreading this one. It's called Fat Slags. That is actually the name of it. It's a British film.